You're listening to episode 108 of Alexa in Canada, The Voice Experience. She's got, She's skills. got skills. My name's Terry Fisher, and here's the deal. Voice technology is changing so fast, and I'm trying my best to keep up with it. I'm here to learn everything I can about Alexa, so you and I can figure her out, and so we can make our lives more organized, relaxed, stress-free, and even have some fun. Let's learn some skills. Hello and Happy New Year! I hope you had an absolutely wonderful holiday season and we are ready to kick off this year with a whole bunch of brand new guests, brand new interviews, and some real value that I hope will be really fun for you, entertaining, and help you to learn a ton about Amazon Lexi. Today, I've got a special guest, Julie Daniel Davis, who's going to be here to talk all about education and using voice technology to help Uh, fulfill those educational goals. But before we get to that, I do want to let you know about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is Vocal ID. Vocal ID ID is doing some incredibly uh, cutting-edge work. Basically, imagine voice assistants at kiosks, voice assistants in wearables, voice assistants in speakers, of course. There will soon be more things that talk to people in the world than there are actually people in the world. Think about that for a second. And obviously, they can't all have the same voice. Brand survival depends on differentiation and finding ways to connect with the audience. And that is what Vocal ID does. They're a voice AI solutions company and they create custom vocal personas for individuals and for brands. Their technology leverages decades of research and the power of modern day machine learning to generate unique vocal identities from just a few hours of audio and it's custom built in days. It's the power of 24-7 text-to-audio conversion without compromising brand consistency, and it's now possible with Vocal ID. Now, today I have, as I said, a very special guest, Julie Daniel Davis. She is truly a leader in the voice education space. She has been speaking in multiple places. As you will hear, she has been doing a lot of work in her school. She has been helping to implement voice technology in a safe, effective manner for her students. And uh, there is a lot of really valuable content in this uh, podcast. One of the things that we talked about after we uh, finished talking, and I was remiss to not ask her about this, uh, was that she talks a little bit about um, the kids edition of the Echo Dot. Now, in Canada, we don't actually have access to this edition, but here is the alternative. There is a service called FreeTime, and if you subscribe to FreeTime through Amazon, it essentially allows a person, an adult, to have an adult dashboard or a parent's dashboard as they call it. And that gives you control over what is accessible by the child, by the student. There is a fee for this depending on if you are a Prime subscriber or not. And there are various package deals depending on how much you subscribe to at a time. The, uh, you know, it ranges anywhere from uh, $3.99 per month uh, for a single child up to uh, 80, 89 99 for a year for uh, a family of up to four children or in this case, you know, a classroom of four classrooms, that sort of thing. So keep that in mind when you hear Julie speaking about the, uh, the kids edition of the dot. Another option is to enable free time and then you can adjust the settings based on the age of the child. 
So with that said, I think you're in for a real treat. I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. Uh, Julie has some incredible resources on her website, and you'll hear all about that now. The other thing I want to quickly mention is that I have a special announcement at the end of this podcast episode all about how you can actually win some real cool prizes uh, with a contest that I'm starting next week on the Flash Briefing, and you have to solve some riddles in order to earn those prizes. So stay tuned for that as well. So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to invite Julie onto the podcast. Hey, Julie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and the listeners. I am excited to share you with you guys. Uh, don't know that I've ever done a podcast with someone in Canada, so this is an exciting opportunity for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I, I had the opportunity to meet you in Chattanooga at the Alexa conference last year. And Best. at the time, I remember you were very interested in how voice can be used in education. And from what I understand, things have really taken off from there. So we're going to chat about all that stuff. But before we get to that, um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. My name is Julie Daniel Davis, and I am the Director of Instructional Technology and Innovation at a private school in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And in that realm, part of what I do is look for opportunities that enhance learning and maybe in ways that we aren't currently looking at in education as a whole. So voice became something that I became interested in because of that. This is such an interesting area. Um, I, I'm very much interested in education as well, as you know, and the idea of bringing the latest technology to the classroom is something that I find absolutely fascinating. So I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about what are some of the things that you have implemented or ideas that you've discussed with some of the teachers at your school. How are you taking advantage of this new technology? Yeah, so we got pretty, we were pretty fortunate Um I actually spoke at the very first Alexa conference in Chattanooga, uh, met Bradley just because I saw that the Alexa conference was coming to Chattanooga and um, thought, well, I'll sit in the back and kind of just take it all in. And I had actually played with it a little bit in the classroom beforehand. And Bradley said, would you be willing to share what you what you've done. So that's what I did. I shared my concerns. I shared the things I was excited about and I shared what I hoped would happen. And so with that, it opened the door to the voice first community to me and they were really receptive to the things I had to say. And so when the Echo Dot Kids edition came out, I reached out to Bradley and said, you know, I would love to pilot these in the classroom. Um, Amazon said it was COPPA compliant, which is a law in the United States that protects children under the age of 13. And that was a huge thing for me. And Bradley uh, helped me find uh, a few of those to place in the classroom, uh, thanks to David Spitsky. And so we put them in the classroom uh, very early on. And I'll be honest, anytime you're doing cutting edge technology, um, in education, it's hard because educators don't have a lot of time. So we would try things and we would find they didn't work or we didn't do the next step. And so it was, it, it, it got ugly before it got better. <laughs> and so, um, 
we actually started using the it for routines, for reminders, um, the skills. Actually, there weren't a lot of kids skills out there in the beginning. So that was interesting to see how that all came about. And then all of a sudden, blueprints were available, but blueprints weren't available for the kids edition Echo Dot. Uh, yeah. So then I was like begging Amazon, please make this, this could be a, a big changer in the realm of education. So now blueprints are, you can create blueprints. And if you're not familiar with that, um, for your listeners, it's just like the ability to create a template. So Amazon has these templates. If you've ever made a resume and you've gone into Microsoft Word and you pick the template so that you don't have to create it from scratch, it's the same type of concept. So you don't have to have the skill of being a coder or a programmer. You can just drop in the information that relates directly to your classroom. I believe the future of education is personalized. And so anytime I can help a teacher create a personalized way to reach out um, to their students and make a difference, that matters. Uh, and so that's where we started with our program, just making some study guides that kids could uh, use to study for tests. Uh, I've had teachers share those study skills with their families so that the families can do them at, and study at home with, the, with their devices as well. And then most recently, we have an international program at our school, and I've been working with three or four international students who are um, English language learners. So we're using Alexa to help them study for other exams, but what we're seeing is when they answer Alexa, it is helping them with their English pronunciation. So they're actually, I'm going to be speaking at Project Voice this year in Chattanooga, and they're actually going to be coming with me and sharing their experiences. Oh, that's wonderful. Those are some great, great uh, examples of ways that you can implement this. So basically, a, a teacher or a student is using a blueprint to create a series of questions that'll quiz them? How does that actually work? Sure. There's actually several different ways you can create the blueprints, but one is just, one is labeled quizzes. One is labeled flashcards. Um, you have listening stories. There are a lot of different options. And, it, and I tell my teachers, don't just look at the ones labeled education. There's a good possibility that you can take one of those uh, concepts as far as the blueprints and make it to work for your classroom. But the, the most of the time, what I'm seeing is them creating either listening uh, quizzes where uh, Alexa will read them um, or give them some information and then quiz them on what she just said, or the flashcards. And you have uh, in the flashcards, you have study mode and quiz mode. So I can set study mode where it says a word and think of it like turning over a, a you know an index card. It says the word, and then it gives you the answer. It says the word, and you can set it to say it as many times as you want. And then after you've studied with her, you then have the ability to change it to quiz mode, and you can see did I learn what what she just uh, studied with me? It's just a great way, you know. I think education's more than just memorization, but their memorization is a part of education. And so it's a great way to just um, turn those type of opportunities into uh, something that it can be one person doing it on their own. But it, I don't know, my own children, I think about back in the day, they would go, oh, I know this, but 
I'm not sure that they really tested themselves well with a with a card, they just turn it over and read it again. This is takes a little bit of time, so you actually have to say it to know, do I really know that? Uh, I see. And do you find that the teachers are using these types of skills in the classroom, or are they assigning it almost like homework for the kids to go home and use their devices at home? I think both, but I think the beauty of having Alexa in a classroom is that it allows for small group instruction. So a teacher can work with four or five kids over in one corner, and then um, you can have the echo over in another corner working with four or five kids, and you can have four or five kids in a different quarter. And then you can do, we call that station rotation, which is very, um, very popular in educational circles, especially in um or elementary education. So what it allows kids to do, it, it's almost like a, um, a repeat of maybe what the teacher has just said. It can, and ju you know, just to scaffold the learning that's happening, or it could be something totally different. I know I've got some teachers that use some of the math skills to help the kids that are struggling in math while she works with some kids that are kind of, um, higher in the level of learning. So it allows her to have differentiated teaching in her classroom. Wonderful. Boy, I, the more you speak, the more questions I have. This is, this is incredible. <laughs> my, my, my mind is working overtime. Like my brain sure. is just firing all cylinders here right now because I had another thought. You mentioned that you, you've set this up with the, uh, the kids edition. Now, what about, does it have to be the kids edition? Maybe this gets into the privacy issues because yeah. I'm also imagining like if you could have something with a display, it could show a math problem. So sure. maybe that's a two-part question. Can you use the multimodal and can you talk about privacy? Yeah, I, I would say that you can use the multimodal. What I have going for me, because I'm in a private school, we do not have to be FERPA compliant. And FERPA is another law that, um, that in the United States, educators have to follow. Not being FERPA compliant allows me to use, I feel freely, those other devices um, but I think where we are right now, because there is not a device directly targeted towards education, educators have to be really careful on A, how they set up their devices, and B, um, how they're using them and keeping that da data and, and storing that data. So if you go to my website, which is www.juliedavisedu.com, I've created a lot of infographics that just help educators set up their Alexa to begin with to protect students. I will tell you that if it's under the age of 13, I only use the Kids Edition Echo Dot in those classrooms because that, that device has been, if you go to the blog post for Amazon, they say it is COPPA compliant. Um, for the other grades, I, I have used just the regular one. Now, the reason I, ha I have not used the uh, ones with the screens is basically price point. One of the things that I think is beautiful about using a smart speaker in the classroom is the price point. We can put a speaker into a classroom for $30 to $50 and every student has access. And um, in a world where you're hearing a lot about equity of um, access, I think this could be a huge way for uh, rural areas or even areas that are just not well-funded to make sure students have access um, to the world at large.
That's yeah, that's absolutely. I agree with you 100% there in terms of the the cost factor. So and 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 thank you for pointing out your website. I've looked at your website. Those just to the listeners here, you need to check out these infographics because they are incredible. If you are a, 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 a an educator, then you are going to find a wealth of uh, resources and knowledge there. Now, a, a, another question for you is um I actually did an education degree prior to what uh, everything I got into. Oh, and wow. I know that okay. yeah. <laughs> and I know that one of the issues um is often classroom management and sure. how do you manage a room full of energetic children uh, with a with a smart speaker and I sure. can imagine that that must get pretty exciting for the kids so sure. do you have any tips for classroom management and the use of a smart speaker sure I think the important thing is starting off letting them know what the expectations are you know if you just stick it in a room and then everybody gets to ask any question they want, you're setting yourself up for disaster. So I think you have to uh, specifically say it's for educational purposes. Um, you you can't just blurt something out, you know, uh, just for the sake of. Um, and 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 you know, the older you, the older the students get, the more likely it could be even something inappropriate. And that's another reason I use the Kids Edition Echo Dot because it does kind of filter that inappropriateness away and tells them they can't answer those type of questions. So I, I, I think you've got to set your expectations. I also can tell you that the longer it's in the classroom, the less of a novelty it becomes. And it's just part of the classroom. So it's there's a there's a less likelihood after the novelty wears off to where it becomes an issue. One of the things that I tell my teachers all the time You've got the ability to tap into information immediately, but still be communal. Uh, we're a one-to-one school, meaning that all our kids have devices in grades fifth through twelfth. Um, but as you know, if if you're in the middle of a conversation, and let's say I use the word ubiquitous in a conversation, and some student says, "Miss Davis, what does ubiquitous mean?" Well, if everybody looks down to their device and tries to figure out a how to type ubiquitous, and b you know just looking for the best definition, you've possibly lost a third of them because of just being off task because they're now looking at their screen. The beauty of having um, the echo in the classroom is that you can say, let's ask Alexa. And you haven't lost all the eyeballs in the classroom. You've got the answer and you can keep communicating. That's a great example. It's such a simple thing, but I can see how that can make a a big difference. And everybody's engaged and listening to their response. That's great. Um, What has been the teacher's reactions overall when you introduce this uh, were they skeptical? Were they open-minded? And and how have they right. how have they reacted now that they've had some experience with it? So I would say I, I'm a big proponent of never forcing anything on on teachers like this. So I ask teachers to pilot. So you know, the, and and with doing that, you get those teachers who okay, I I can see some benefit. I would really like to do this. Because we started so early, I think I would be remiss to not tell you that there were some teachers who were like, no, there are too many quirks. It's not working. And it, I mean, in the beginning, it was quirky. We were dealing with so many issues of it not working correctly all the time. So I've got some of those teachers who rarely use it at this point. But I've got other teachers, especially those who have started since we've had our learning curve, um, 
that are have really embraced it and are using it. I think the one that's the most excited about it is actually my ELL teacher, the English, English language learning teacher who works directly with those um, international students because she sees such a great benefit in how it's helping those students. So I think it really depends on how much you embrace it. I think it also how much you feel supported in that. And, and to be honest, I think now is the time to try it. Um, because we did it in a cutting edge, I think I lost a potential group of teachers who would really enjoy it because of all the problems in the beginning. Mm. It's less cutting edge now, and I'd say it's more bleeding edge. <laughs> That's great. Well, you're really on the, like you said, you are on the cutting edge of this as a whole. And it's, uh, it's really neat to hear these kind of things that you're doing in the school. It's fantastic. Maybe I'll finish off with one other question here. And it's kind of going back to something that you said that, that was very intriguing to me. And that is where you said that you believe that the future of education is personalized. Can mm -hmm. you describe that a little bit more, what you mean by that? Sure. I, you know, we're in a, a, in a digital age and for many years, for I'm 50 years old, you know, I sat in a classroom and we all were given the same instruction at the same time, no matter what our abilities really were. We may have been ability grouped, but really even within that, you're still, you know, 25 kids getting the same instruction at the same time. With the technology that is out there today and that continues to grow and with artificial intelligence that allows us to um, give students, let's say we're quizzing them in something and based on their answer, the next, they get the next question, not just here's the next question. So, um, and the remediation that can come with that as well is both of those things are huge in us being able to really meet the needs of a student and realizing where their gaps are in learning. Uh, it, it was really hard in, you know, in, in the past to know what exactly is this kid not understanding in this process. I've got 25 kids. I don't have the time to pull them aside to figure that out. But with the type of uh, software that's out there today, we do have that ability to do that type of thing. Data um, sometimes gets a bad name in education, but I do believe that data is going to be the future and really helping students learn exactly what they need in their learning process and not waste their time on things that they they get, you know, and if you're in a traditional classroom, you may know everything there is to know about a rocket because that's something you were really passionate about learning when you were a young kid. Well, you've still got to go through that course or that portion of that course. Well, what if that kid could test out? And it's much easier to do that type of thing. And I think as technology gets better at adapting to education, um, and, and its needs. That's the big thing. Um, I, being in the voice community has really taught me that um, there are a lot of programmers out there that want to help. They just don't know what educators need. So I've been a lot. Of, I've done a lot of work with some of these skill developers and helping them look through it through the lens of education. That's fantastic. And I see a lot of parallels between what you just described and a lot of other sectors uh, that are now embracing voice technology. I know like from healthcare, I actually think healthcare sure. is going to become very more personalized as well due to the AI and the natural language understanding. Sure. And I can see that that absolutely applies to education as well. So I think that's a very exciting area um, of where technology is going. Um, wow, Julie, this is a fantastic discussion. I am I'm so impressed with everything that you've been able to accomplish at your school. Um, Thank you. And, and your, your website, like I said before, is 
incredible. There are so many resources for educators. Can you please take a moment and just describe to the listeners what sort of resources you have on your website and also the links and where they can, um, you know, connect with you as well? Yeah. So my website actually, um, as I said before, I feel like there's no point in us all trying to go through this cutting edge technology um, without helping each other. So I've spoken at a lot of events. And after speaking at events, I realized I should just put all this stuff out there for people to get to. And if you go to juliedavisedu.com and click on the link that says Alexa in the classroom, you're going to see several um, infographics specifically. And I think this is the major pushback in education on student privacy and how to set that up in terms of student privacy. So you'll see infographics on both of those. You'll see class rules. Um, you'll also see how to actually go into the app and set up your privacy. And then I give you some little helpful immediate things that as a teacher, you can set up reminders, alarms, and timers for using in the classroom. And then I talk about how to make your first blueprint. The thing that I think is most important and the thing uh, that I, I guess I'm probably most proud of is the teacher evaluation of voice skills list, because I think, um, I'm a firm believer that technology shouldn't be in the classroom just for the sake of technology. And if we're not learning with it, I don't want to see just something in there for the sake of having fun. So it's just a checklist for teachers to go through to look at a skill to see, is there educational value in this skill? Um, and what I found when I created that was a lot of skill developers reached out to me and said, Thank you so much, because we didn't know the things that an educator really should be looking for, which led me to creating the creator evaluation for education voice skills to help them looking at what are some things that educators want out of a voice skill. Um, you can reach me at juliedavisedu at gmail.com. I'm also very active on Twitter at juliedavisedu. Uh, and Instagram, Julie Davis EDU. So you can reach me in all those places. And I, uh, I'm at a place now where I'm actually helping people across the world with creating opportunities with this. And that's been a really fun adventure. Didn't see that one coming. And uh, I have a lot of people in a um, school district in Virginia Beach, Virginia, that uh, I've helped actually We've done it all from afar, you know, uh, via Twitter and things like that. And uh, it's been fun to be able to help others see the value of what's out there and what could be done. Well, that's fantastic. And again, thank you so much for sharing all those things. And I know that this, the work that you're doing is being recognized. I know you have been named a finalist for a couple of categories for the Project Voice Awards, which will yes. be happening very soon. So congratulations on that as well. And, Thank you. Um, I look forward to catching up with you very soon. And um, what else can I say? I'm really excited to continue to follow what the work that you're doing and see where we go with the education and voice here in the future. Thank you, Terry. I appreciate this time. There you go. Huh? What a wonderful resource uh, Julie is and what a wonderful set of resources she has created on her website. Incredible stuff. If you are an educator, you must go check out her resources. And of course, I will have the uh, information on the show notes page at alexaincanada.ca slash 108 for this podcast episode. Uh, I do want to remind you that 
This podcast is brought to you by Vocal ID. Again, they are leaders in creating creating custom AI-driven voices from recordings. And brands, individuals can use this to leverage the technology and have their own unique persona. And this is done through the technology that Vocal ID has created. So check out vocalid.ai for more information. Finally, I want to tell you that starting next week, being launched at Project Voice, we have version two of Crack the Code. This is the gamified flash briefing that I uh, launched last year, and we have version two starting next week. So if you are not listening to the Voice in Canada flash briefing, make sure you subscribe to that. Just ask Lexi, Lexi, open Voice in Canada, and be listening because you're gonna have the opportunity to try to solve some puzzles and actually win some real prizes. So make sure to tune in for that. I'll be speaking more about that uh, next week as well. And um, I think you're in for a lot of fun there as well. So uh, have a great week. I look forward to bringing you tons of information from Project Voice. Please check out the, uh, the website and the flash briefing for updates on all of this stuff that is going on at alexaincanada.ca. I will speak to you very soon. Have a great week. Talk to you then. She's got, she's got skills. skills.